Well, hello and welcome to this week's episode of The Mixer. This is Pondit Arena's Irish Football Podcast. My name is Rob Lanes and as always I'm joined by Simon O'Keefe. Uh, I suppose first of all we uh, apologise if the sound quality isn't uh, quite the same as it usually is but we're in different parts of the country today so uh, needs must. But um, first off I suppose we'll be uh, discussing the Ireland news at the moment which is that Cyrus Christie did... Uh, get a, a deadline day move from Fulham or from Middlesbrough to Fulham and um, we'll also be looking through the, the President's Cup which is of course the uh, curtain raiser for the 2018 League of Ireland season and we'll also be looking back at the transfers over the past week in the League of Ireland as well but first off Simon will uh, look at Cyrus Christie's move and by all accounts it's, it's going to be a positive one for him looking to the future. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, look, he, he got his uh, move there on very late deadline day to go from Middlesbrough to Fulham. You know, Fulham are doing very well in the championship. You know, they're going, heading for the playoffs or at least challenging for the playoffs. So they are going in the right direction. And him personally too, you know, it. I mean, if you, if you do leave a club twice in one season, basically, because he left, he left um, Derby to join Middlesbrough in the first place. So it's it's a bit of instability, but I mean, if as long as you get the right move at the end of it, it's worth it for him. And plus, yeah, like, it's a good. Sorry, yeah. Sorry, no. As as you said, I mean, like it is the the whole point of him is that he's trying to kind of move up the ladder, and like even this time next year, we could be talking about having another Premier League player on our hand as well. Yeah, well, I mean that's another thing. I mean, the former Seamus Coleman, he's back now playing for Everton, so he's got that international. Thing as well, you know, there'll be a lot more competition for Cyrus Christie. So he has to be playing regularly, he has to be playing in a team that is going in the right direction. Mm. I mean, to, to be playing for Middlesbrough is all well and good, but if, if you're not getting the game time and you're not settling in there, it, it's an issue. And um, if you've got Coleman coming back, and he'll likely be involved in the Turkey friendly in March. So I think for Cyrus Christie to keep the pressure on Seamus Coleman, he did need to get some kind of jolt. Yeah, definitely. And uh, looking ahead then to the President's Cup course coming up this Sunday afternoon uh, it's the third year in a row Cork City of course playing Dundalk and I mean look it, it's, we've been discussing off air like it is kind of a, considered a showpiece event I suppose more than anything else but it is still uh, any game between these two is going to be competitive really. Showpiece or not I can't wait for this it's it's the first time isn't it that the, you'll have uh, Carl Shepard and Stephen Kenny in the same room since the whole um, <laughs> Transfer brouhaha. I can't yeah. wait. I, I hope to God there's carnage. Like, have, you ever, have, you ever, have you ever seen uh, Kill Bill, you know, the Tarantino film? I have, yeah. 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 You know when Uma Thurman spots one of her targets and, you know, it's, it cuts to uh, the close above their eyes and it goes to the red flashing and it goes to sirens, you know, the whole thing. You know, shit's about to go down. I want something <laughs> yeah. like that. I just want the two lads to spy each other from across the stadium and just go for it. Yeah, that, <laughs> it, it is though, it's, it's that kind of game, I mean like even just looking through kind of images there over the last few days of the last two games, I mean half of them are some kind of scuffle between the two teams, like there, there is, I wouldn't say there's bad blood necessarily, but there's a definitely a competitive edge to this game that has just grown and grown like. Well, there, are, there has to be though, I mean look, you've got the two best teams in the country, so they do need to have that healthy rivalry, they do need to have that, I mean. For all intents and purposes, it is a friendly match. Well, to an extent, it is a friendly match. It is a pre-season curtain raiser. It'll mean little in terms of, you know, the end of the season trophies and whatnot. It'll, it'll mean little in terms of, you know, winning the Premier Division, FBI Cup. It, it, it doesn't really relate to them in the same way. 
But when you've got a situation now where Cork City have had that Indian side over the dog for so long, they just kept beating him at every single opportunity. You know, there was the three league wins last season. There was the President's Cup win last season. There was the FBI Cup win on penalties last year. And it was, you know, the same the year before, not necessarily to the league title, but, you know, in terms of the results between the two teams. So I think Dundalk are eventually going to have to, what they can do really, but they will be desperate to at least get one over on Cork City now, regardless of Mm. the importance of the tie overall, just to get that off their backs. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you say that as well, and that it it mightn't have too much of an impact. But then I suppose to on the other side of that, I mean, last year we did have Sean Maguire scoring yeah. in that game as well. We had Carl Shepherd scoring a three and a win for Cork City, and it kind of set up, I suppose, the like it, it obviously didn't impact on how well they did start the whole season, but it does help when you're going into a new year and having kind of reaffirmed that what you're doing and um, your tactics and everything else are kind of in the right place. But looking ahead to the game itself then as well, you have new signings, of course, you've uh, Shevdukas and Adjaran as well coming in uh, to the team. You've Mark Nemi, you've Graham Cummins, you've Danny Kane, a lot of new names as well. That's kind of another exciting element to the game, I think. Oh, absolutely. And I think it'll be interesting to see what kind of tactical setup Stephen Kenny has. I think uh, John Caulfield's setup in City is kind of nailed on at this stage. We kind of know it'll be the usual 4-2-3-1 kind of thing with um, how he chooses to rotate that, not quite sure, but we can kind of have a decent idea of what he will come out with. Uh, Dundalk, I think, are a bit more of an unknown quantity because okay, you've lost McElaine, you've lost McMillan, mm-hmm. but you've got Hoban and you've got Murray in there now. And Does he go with two up front? Does he go with something like Hoban up front on his own and have Murray on one of the wings, Duffy or Connolly on the other wing, you know? Does he go deep with mm-hmm. his midfield? You know, he's, he's definitely got options there. And it'll be interesting to see what when he goes out with on on Saturday or Sunday. Is it Saturday or Sunday? Sunday, Sunday yeah. Sunday. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see what he comes out with. And if that works, will he use that as a kind of spring over the whole season? And if it doesn't work, will he have to go back to the drawing board for they play Brain the week after, you know? Yeah, no. With... Sorry, yeah. No, no, it's, a, it's an interesting, I suppose, setup. I mean, like, over the last few years, we, I mean, you could probably go into the game having a, a rough idea of who is going to play, uh, but this year it's totally different. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, yeah, that's it's exactly it. I mean, does he go, does, even the same in Dade City, you know, the, the personnel-wise is, is different. I mean, we can guess the, the formation pretty well, but the personnel could be different. You know, does he go with... Um, McCormack and, and Morrissey in the midfield, he chose Buckley, he's got McNamee ahead of them, you know, you've got mm. Shepard, does he go on the wing with him, does he go uh, Karen Sadler on the other wing, you know, there's, there's different options there, you know, who's going to be the make up the back four, because he's, he brought in an entire new back line even, so the personnel is different there as well, the Dundalk are completely unknown in terms of what they can do all across the board, but I'm looking forward to it, um, well, I would be if it was on TV. I know it's that air <laughs> art show, which I'm kind of annoyed by, to be honest. I am kind of annoyed that it's not on any kind of TV station. I Hopefully it'll be picked up by some, uh, the FBI or the Electricity Facebook page to be broadcast live. Because it, it you know, it, it's important in terms of, it's City v Dundalk. I mean, those games are never, they, they never disappoint. Like, they always are mm. combative. They always are competitive games. And I, I do feel like that it's a, it's a, it's a way of, advertising the league um, if they have that broadcast in some medium or some capacity you know I yeah I mean it's it's, it's the easiest game to sell in this country at the moment like if you want to put it that way 
I mean, I mean if you if you want to go the whole hog with it, did you watch Super Bowl there last Sunday? You know, something like that, you know. I think I have time show and <laughs> actually that was that was appalling. I fell asleep actually during that. I mean I I, I watched the first half of it, but I, I think I just missed Timberlake. And to be fair, to be honest, I'm not I'm not that annoyed about that because I've had a long running battle against Justin Timberlake that I'm not gonna go into here. I'm not gonna get into I, it here, but Sorry, go on. I I, th- I think if we saw Justin Timberlake uh, performing in Oriel Park at halftime, um, many many people would uh, have their dreams come true. Simon. Well, do you know what? No, they have new American owners. It's, it, it could be <laughs> the sort of thing they'll try. And, <laughs> it could be the sort of thing they'll try and bring in halftime shows, whatnot. Pink singing the national anthem. You know, actually, I loved to hear Pink singing around the vein. I think that'd be hilarious. Uh, yeah, but, um, maybe. Sorry, don't. I've clearly digressed now. I've gone too far with this. But I, no, I, I, I do think that it would benefit the league. It would benefit those two teams. It would benefit the people that can't make it up to Dundalk on, on this weekend to have that broadcast and capacity. And uh, looking ahead then, I suppose, to the transfers of the last week or so in the league, we've, uh, I suppose, we start with Limerick. And, and like worryingly for them now, they've lost kind of three three core players from their team in the, in the last week almost. It's Chirose uh, Agbene, of course, going to Brentford. Barry Cotter has confirmed he's signed for Ipswich. And uh, only just today, Lee Lynch as well has confirmed he's leaving the club. We don't know where he's going yet. But like it, it, we we said even before the season starts that it, it's, it could be a tough one for Limerick. And this just makes that kind of statement even uh, stronger, I think. Yeah, now we're approaching clean slate church, you know, at Limerick purely because, I mean, as you say, you know, they've lost Lynch now today, they lost Barry Cotter, they lost Chazosi Bene over the last week or so. And to add that to Bastian Ari, you know, to add that to players they have lost over the course of the winter, it is players they've replaced them with then as well. They are going into this season now completely different. I mean, the players that kept mm. them up last season, a lot of them are gone now. You know, they've, they've, been kept, they've been replaced with players who, Regardless of their quality, they're not used to this um, team. You know, they, they got a new manager thrown in there as well, and it just smacks of, to me that this team needs to hit the ground running immediately. This team can't afford a slow start because mm. teams above them, even if they do start badly themselves, you know, they do have a, a bit more confidence. I think because a lot of them are, you know, most of them are a lot more settled. So mm. I think Limerick, with a new manager, new players, new ideas, do need to have that momentum from the get-go because otherwise it could be a problem for them. Yeah, and no, I like I think it goes back to the whole idea of, as well of look we we've heard of uh, Paolo Sullivan looking to sell his majority share yeah. in the club as well, and it kind of goes back to even like clubs like Aston Villa and and Sunderland where there's. Uh, not, not so much upheaval, but the the club is obviously in a process where it's it's trying to be sold or or it's in the process of being sold, and that is inevitably going to cause problems on the pitch with uh, players leaving. And it obviously is happening at Limerick at the moment, and it it looks like it's going to be a really tough season for them, it's like with so many players trying to get yep. used to playing with each other. Absolutely, and to use uh, the comparison you made there with English teams, Leeds are a kind of good example of this. I know, okay, look, the, the financial situation isn't not anywhere near as bad as it was in Leeds back then, but I mean, you're talking Leeds around circa 2003-ish. I mean, you had a situation where a lot of the top players left. They were mm. players with players, cheaper players who weren't quite of that standard. Now, I'm not saying necessarily that the uh, players are cheaper or not up to it, but you know what I mean, don't you? The fact yeah, they've lost yeah. so many key players and replaced them in such a short space of time. And Leeds went down that year. So, 
I, I do see Limerick as a team that I, I, I'll keep going back to this. I'll go back to this in the first few weeks if it hasn't happened, but they do need to have good results quickly. I mean, they play like Sligo in the first game of the season. That won't be easy. I mean, we're th- we think Sligo will have a good year this year. Yeah. So, I mean, Sligo aren't exactly the ideal first test for Limerick to face. You know, they would probably prefer to be at home, you know, against a team that will be down there with them. But again, they're against a team now, Sligo, who have notions of finishing in the top half. So it will it'll be a struggle for them in the first game, especially. And I don't know. I look. I I worry about Limerick this season. And moving on into a team who obviously are under new ownerships themselves, and and there's kind of a a sign of that new ownership, I suppose, in the in the signings they have made is Dundalk. Uh, recently signed Christian uh, Adjuran as well signs from Novara in the Serie B um, he was on loan as well in Albania but you know his his CV I suppose the one thing that stood out during the week was that he was at Liverpool before as well yeah and you know he's uh, as well as um, Adam Morgan at Sligo uh, Adrian was kind of there during the Rodgers years at Liverpool uh, wasn't even quite as Close to the first team, we'll say, as Morgan was. You know, he, he did kind of play amongst mm. preseason friendlies, that, type, that kind of thing, and on the bench for the League Cup, too, I think. But no, it is different. It's got another international player through the books at Dundalk. Um, it'd be interesting to see how he fits in himself and Shvadukas. Um, it, it does show a, a, a fair bit of ambition, actually, from Stephen Kenny, that he's looking far and field for these kind of players, you know, mm. to that kind of international type of player. And I, I yeah, we'll, we'll see how it pans out for them. I think that midfield is very congested as it is, so he'll do well yeah. to get into it. So, But um, if he can make a name for himself there, we'll, we'll see what he can do. But like, there are a lot of midfielders there. I mean, that comes yeah. we come back to the whole thing of um, what style does Stephen Kenny play in because he has options. But I mean, he might have too many options, you know? Yeah, well, I, I mean, like we, we probably sounded like a broken record last season talking about that he, he has this kind of uh, obsession with having at least four or five quality attacking midfielders in his team all the time, which obviously isn't a bad thing if you can get them, but he he seems to be able to develop those kind of players to a level where every season we're kind of talking about one attacking midfielder from Dundalk that's almost the best player in the country. Oh yeah, look, they, they have options there. I mean, look, I mean, they, McElhaney's left now, which means there's a bit of a vacuum in that position. You know, there's yeah. a few players you can slot in there, so... It could be up to one of them to fill the gap. It could be up to two or three of them to fill the gap. But ultimately, I think that gap will probably be filled. Um, it might take a while because, you know, if replacing McElhaney will not be easy. Same way replacing Darren Horgan wasn't easy and Andy Boyle yeah. wasn't easy. Richie Tyler wasn't easy. So I think that it it might take a bit of time to get going for that. But ultimately, yes, as you, as you say, Stephen Kenny is very good at producing attacking technical players. And he'll do that again, regardless of which one of those players fills that gap. One of them definitely will. It'll probably be more than one. But I, I do fancy them, yeah, to, to do well there, yeah. And uh, sticking with midfield then, Derry have as well signed uh, Nicky Lowe back on loan again, a six-month loan deal. And I suppose positively in in the, I suppose just to add on to this story is that he his, his contract with Dundee does expire as well in the summer. So there's a kind of a suggestion even in that that he could stick with Derry now yeah, permanently come in the summer. Yeah, that could happen. Um, look, they were they were very happy with him last year. He was very happy to to be there last year, and mm. both parties were very keen to get this deal over the line again to make for twenty eighteen. So I think it stands to reason that you know he's there for he's there for the on loan until his contract expires. He'll be out of contract then. So I mean, they can try and negotiate a bit more when it comes to that. 
But I wouldn't be surprised if he's there for the whole year. I wouldn't be surprised if he signs yeah. on permanently because I think it did very well for him. I think Derry City are going in the right direction. They have some very, very good young signings. And they may, they've actually, one, another team have made a lot of signings well in the winter. So they do have a bit of betting in to do for a lot of them. But once that happens, once they get firing, I, Kenny Shields is a great manager. So I think they'll be going in the right direction, definitely, yeah. And uh, looking to St. Pat's, then they've signed back a uh, familiar name in this league, is Jay Keegan, uh, was, of course, in uh, Canada for the last few years, but he's now back um, and offers a, a real thread up front for Pat. Yeah, and to be fair, I think up front is probably a position where Pat's did need a bit of strengthening or yeah, even strengthening, but more sort of a bit more depth and a bit more rotation yeah. options, you know. Because Christy Fagan, as, as as good a striker as he is, he is getting on a bit too, like you know. So, um, he I won't, won't appreciate. He won't appreciate that. He won't appreciate <laughs> that. But you know, time catches up with us all. But um, look, Pats overall, I think, are looking very strong. I think to have a player like Keegan in there to offer a bit of competition is great for them. I think they're in for a much better season. Players like Keegan will help that. Um, you look at players whilst they brought in Brian Dean Clark who's another good attacker I think mm. to have that as well so yeah I think Keegan is a very very good signing a very astute signing by Liam Buckley he's, he's back was he at Galway night before? Yeah Galway yeah so I mean he does have at least some level of experience of the league you know so yeah uh, I we did our preview of Pat Starr during the week and we had him finishing fifth I think you know not quite at the European places but not too far off either they will be definitely knocking on the door mm. and yeah, I mean, because I, I do think they need a, a, a season like... I mean, we'll be going into more detail about that next week, obviously, in the, in the preview show, but I think they do need to have a better season than they did last year. I think last year will hopefully count for them anyway. Go on as a blip because they were poor last season. But last season, they did be kind of um, a serious drop-off in form compared to what's gone before because the year before, they were winning trophies. You know, they won the league in yeah. 2012, 13. Is it 13? 12, they won it. It was around then, I can't remember two, exactly. Two yeah. years ago, anyway. You know, they, they've won the Cup and they've won two EA Sports Cup since. So they do have that trophy pedigree at least. But again, last year was a major issue for them. So getting past that with the players they brought in, I think is very, very doable. But it's up to Liam Buckley to make, make sure last year's happen again. And uh, look, a, a club we're kind of worried about this year in terms of the, the signings they have made, but that Bray have made, I suppose, a positive signing that um, teenager Daniel McKenna signs from Wolves on a six month loan deal He's uh, he's been there since he was 16 but he's also an Ireland international all the way up through the ranks as well so obviously a talented player and should uh, strengthen Dave Mackey's hand Absolutely um, like as you said he's been at Wolves now for a few years I'm not quite sure what the plan is long term for him I hope I hope he does make it over there because Wolves are definitely a team on the up over there. You know, the manager has done very well with them. They're at the top of the championship, so they are flying it. Um, but it is interesting to see another underage Irish international come through yeah. come over, to the league, over to the league because it does show at least that it is, the league is being seen in a positive regard that way. You know, we are getting players of that calibre, of that standard that necessarily we might do a couple of years ago. Like Teams like Wolves are seeing teams in the League of Ireland as... Not quite feeder clubs, you know. You know what I mean? Not they are kind of seeing them as as great progressive stepping stones, and it does improve the competitiveness of the players themselves. It does build up their their ability. If you look at Roy Delaney last year on twenty one international, has gone back to England now, and they're really about him over at Rochdale. So, like, it it is it does send a positive sign for the players themselves too that they can be underage internationals over here. They can play for Ireland and play for their 
clubs in League of Ireland at the same time. So I hope it goes well for him. Um, how much yeah, well, game time do you get? Sorry, go on. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, it makes a change for him as well. If he if he is in the reserves at Wolves, you know, it's not quite uh, the competitive kind of action that a manager is going to want to have a, have a player having experience coming into the first team. I mean, as you mentioned there, Ryan Delaney as well, you're going to have the same situation like with Danny Kane now as well coming back yeah. and there's other players as well that like they've come back and they've come back over again we've mentioned it numerous times on the show and like it's it's going to stand to him even even being in that dressing room if he doesn't get if he doesn't play every week it's going to help his uh, his character development absolutely yeah. and that's a, that's a big thing over there but um when they regard reserve football as not up to the standard that they want, you know, any kind of first team football, I think, is, be- is better than reserve team football. So they are like it is a common thing with English ma- English league managers are constantly saying that reserve team football just isn't up to that standard. So he'll come over here. He'll have, I'm not sure how much game time he'll get exactly because you know you you do have a, a position where Dave Mackey is in a, is in charge of a team who might be struggling in terms of relegation battle you know so if they, if they are struggling I'm not sure if you can if you can trust um, a young midfielder like McKenna so it really is up to how, how McKenna starts how he plays himself and how well Breer doing as to how well he'll do and how much game time he'll get I hope he gets a fair amount of game time because I, I do like seeing internationals young internationals progressing in a manner that suggests that when they go back over to England they are in the right frame of mind to push on for First team football over there, you know, and try and get up the, la- up the ladder internationally in terms mm. of on the 19s, on the 21s, senior team. That has to be the pathway. Uh, players have different ways of doing it now, so hopefully this is his way. Come over here, build up that first team football, go back over there and progress that over there, definitely, yeah. And uh, just before we finish up, uh, Shamrock Rovers have as well announced that Michael O'Connor is going to Finn Herbs on loan. Now it's I suppose it's been plenty of movement from Michael O'Connor over the last couple of seasons, but this does represent an opportunity to probably play almost every every minute of every game, depending on uh, who uh, Ali Gorgon goes with. Yeah, it does, and I'm 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 not surprised as such, but I am I am impressed for Finn Harps. They managed to get that deal over the line because he was yeah. being linked with with English clubs last season, you know. So I mean, it's it's a real coup for them in a way. But no, he does need game time. Um, I'm surprised in a way that Rovers didn't try and keep him. I'm surprised that yeah. you know he did. They did leave him go so readily because Rovers aren't exactly flush with strikers. You know, okay, Gary Shaw is is a fine striker, and all, but I, I do. We have said this before. They are short a proper twenty twenty five goal season player. You know, that's. Mm. Okay, that's probably a bit fanciful, but 20 definitely should be, for a team like Rovers, a, t- or a player they should be striving for. I'm not saying Michael Connor is definitely it, but at the same time, is he given a chance to prove that, really? You know, Gary Shaw got is it 12 goals last season. You know, he might progress mm-hmm. to a higher level this season. Okay, they must have a lot of faith in him to do that. But Michael O'Connor will do very well in the first division, I think. I mean, you, when you've got John O'Flynn guiding you, when you've got... Paddy McCourt's playing Boston, you know, you, you are going to do very well for yourself, but I think he will fly down there, yeah, or up there even. All right, well, that is all we have time for this week on The Mixer. This is Pondarina's Irish Football Podcast. Uh, we will be back again next week with our season preview as well, looking ahead to the 2018 League of Ireland campaign. Uh, but for now, that is all we have time for. We are on SoundCloud and iTunes as well, if you'd like to subscribe to us there, and we'll talk to you again next week. <laughs>